Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Well, good evening. How are we doing? Let's go ahead and open up with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that we have together, and Lord, I thank you that as we come forth, Lord God, and, and open our hearts and ears to, to listen to your word. Father, I think that your word's going to fall on good ground tonight, that it's going to produce in our lives uh, healing, healing in every area. Sorry about that. Healing in every area where it's needed. And Father, we thank you uh, for clarity and wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you'll take your Bibles out and hold these up, and we're going to make our confession tonight. And if you need a Bible, we have some Bibles on the back table there. Let's re- repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. Amen. You know, the Word of God is a huge blessing for us. Don't you think so? Um, I'm so grateful that we have the Word of God that's made available to us because there are some places where they can't read the Bible, right? And uh, it's there for us for our benefit. So I wanted to start it out tonight with a question and a question uh, for you to answer. What is faith? What is faith? To believe into something. Okay. Believe it before you see it? Okay. Anyone else? Trust? Okay. Walking out what you believe? Okay. Anything else? Let's go to the scriptures. Here in your notes, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's look at that. The Amplified Classic says, Now faith is the assurance the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. In the Good News translation, it says, to have faith is to be sure of the things that we hope for, to be certain of the things that we cannot see. The NIV says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. And the New King James Version says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Is that better? Because there's an echo up here. It's bothering me. Okay. So look, there's a lot of key words there. Assurance, confirmation, title deed, conviction, being certain. Confidence, substance, so that's faith, right? Faith, and you may want to write this down in your notes. Faith equals conviction in my life, confidence, trust, belief, reliance, acknowledging that God is trustworthy, and being fully persuaded that if God said it, he will do it. Let me say that again. 
Faith in my life equals conviction, a confidence in God and his word, trusting God and his word, belief in God and his word, a reliance upon God and his word, an acknowledgement that God is trustworthy and being fully persuaded that if God said it, he would do it. It's an inward thing, guys, an inward confidence, an inward assurance, an inward trust and reliance on God and all that he says, which is his word. But faith means not only to believe, but also to act it out, just like Norma said. We got to walk it out. We got to talk it out. And if we're going to be able to receive healing from the Lord, we've got to, to, to be active in that. In James 2, verses 14 through 26, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Also, faith by itself, if it has no works, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you know or do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he was offered, when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works, not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so... I wanted to start off tonight and really get us to zone in on the fact that we're going to need faith in our healing journey. And faith is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. We're going to have to get active in how we uh, receive God's word. We're going to have to get active in how we speak about God's word. We're going to have to get active in this thing. And I want to look at a couple of examples of faith in action. So if you'll turn in your Bibles, I want to look at uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. And again, if you need a Bible, uh, we have Bibles on the back table. You can grab one of those. But Mark chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 25 through 34. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Absolutely. And we're going to dig into that right now. Let's look at this. That's great. Let's look at this. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind, from behind him, or she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, 
If only I may touch his clothes, I, be, I, may, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, if you've been in healing class any, any length of time, you know this is one of my favorite stories uh, because there's so much in this. And somehow, every time we teach, I somehow find a way to bring her back in this because I think we can glean so much out of this. We're talking about faith in action. It says she was dealing with this situation for 12 years. She was doing all that she could do in her own strength. But then when she heard about Jesus, she didn't just go home and say, okay, well, I'll wait for the Lord to heal me. No. It says when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him. She took action. She moved closer to the Lord. When we hear that Jesus is a healer, there needs to be a corresponding action on our part to press into him, to come up close to him. Why? Because just like she did, something changed on the inside of her. She became, again, we started off, what is faith? She became convinced. She had this new confidence now that her answer was in the Lord. She was assured that if she could get up close to him, she could receive her healing. So now, you, you see what I'm saying? Now, her belief had changed. Her faith, there was something different now. She knew that's where my answer lied, but she didn't just sit. She moved towards him, and she was able to receive what God had for her. She was able to receive her healing. Let's look at one more example. In Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, it's a story of someone else who had corresponding action to their faith. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 40, 52 says, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man and saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. What I want you to know here tonight is, is having faith is a starting point. We need to believe God. We need to be fully persuaded, convinced, assured that he's a healer and that he's a healer for me. We have to believe that he can heal us. 
But then our part is to have corresponding action. Our words should change. Our posture should change. It's not a passive thing. Faith is an active thing. When people ask you, how are you feeling? Your answer shouldn't be, well, I have good days and bad days. Today's a tough one. Your answer should be, whatever scripture the Lord has on the inside of you, well, the healing power of God is at work in me. Well, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. What are you doing? You're taking action. You're speaking now differently. When people say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just so tired. Can't do much. No. Your answer should be, how are you doing? Man, you know what? I was in the scriptures today and just reading about God's healing mercies. You know what? I went to church today and I, I got an opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord and, 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 and just being there in the presence of the Lord just, just, just fed my spirit and, and my body feels your corresponding action. God, guys, we're not called to sit idly by and let whatever may happen, happen. No. We receive the word and then we take action based upon the word. Does that make sense? But here's what I found out. Um, is my faith is not based on anyone else. It's based on me. My faith is not based on anyone else, their outcome, their result. It's based upon me. Um, you know, uh, several years ago, uh, probably more than 10 years ago now, I, I woke up one day and um, I couldn't close my, my eye. And I, I realized that my side of my face was, was drooped and... Um, I was having a hard time, and I was slurring in my speech, and was like, man, am I having a stroke? What's going on? Went to the doctor, found out it was something called Bell's palsy. And um, I didn't close when I would go to sleep at night. I couldn't close my eye. It was, it was really uncomfortable. And the doctors, yeah, you know, um, this condition, people deal with it, and most likely you're going to deal with this for the rest of your life, and um, you're just going to have to figure out how to work through it, you know, and he goes, some symptoms may go away, but... You're going to have to deal with this for a long time. And, and I thought, now, in that time, I'm coming to healing class, you know, and so now I have a decision to make. And for me, I was like, where is that in Scripture, that I have to deal with this for the rest of my life, that I have to accept this? And so we're talking about corresponding action. So I started out saying the Scriptures like we're telling you guys. Lord, I think that by your stripes I'm healed. Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. That he took on this on his body so I didn't have to. Then it became very personal because now I'm saying, Lord, I thank you that you're able, and I'm just, I'm going with the words because I'm convinced that God can do these things. Lord, I thank you you're able to stimulate all the muscles and everything in my body to cause my face to go back and, and, and be strong and function like it should. Lord, I thank you that when I lie down at night, I can sleep peacefully and be at rest. And to do that, I'm going to need my eyes to close. And I thank you, Lord, that my eyes are closing properly. And now I'm personalizing it. And then I took it a step further. And, and this is where it got kind of weird. I said, you know what? 
I'm going to put action to my faith. And I would go into the bathroom mirror, and my face was drooping, and I, you know, because I couldn't smile because my smile looked weird. And so I got in the mirror, and I said, and Lord, I think that I have a perfect smile. And I would take this out of my face, and I would turn it up. And my wife is like, what are you doing? I said, I'm smiling. What am I doing? I'm putting action to my faith, guys. It may be weird to you, but in that moment, in that season, I'm walking this out. Lord, I'm convinced that you're doing something in my body. And I'll never forget, I did that day after day after day. And then one morning, I woke up, and I didn't even realize I was asleep all night. My eye, my eye wasn't dry. And then I could feel something different, and I ran to the mirror, and my face wasn't sagging anymore. What happened? Faith without works is dead. You see, I believe God's a healer. Taking it a step further, I believe God's a healer for me. That he can't heal me no matter what comes against my body. And so I took a step of faith and God healed my body. But then what was nagging me were the words that my doctor said. You'll always have to deal with this. If it goes away, it may come back. And then one week, Miss Janet was teaching or Miss Joy was teaching, I'm not sure which one, and they shared a scripture. And that's been my scripture that I still stand on. It's in Nahum 1.9. And it says, what do you conspire against the Lord? He will make an utter end of it, and the affliction will not rise up a second time. Oh, game on. I shouldn't have heard that. I'm like, Lord, you, you mean this? Like, I can never have a recurrence? If, if, I, if I stand on this word and if I, if I receive this word, like this symptoms, they, they can't come again? And I can, can I tell you, that was years ago? And I've had, I haven't had to deal with that another time. It has not come back. It will not come back. Around that time, I had people, other people that I knew who had the same condition. Oh, yeah, my mother, she deals with it. It comes back, you know, and she has to deal with it. And I'm like, well... And I don't mean to sound bad. I said, that's your mom. That's not me. I don't. I have a promise from God. That's faith. That's walking it out. That's corresponding action. But we all have to work on that. Faith is huge. So where does faith come from? Romans 12.3. Let's, let's look at Romans 12.3. Turn there, please. Romans 12.3. Reading this scripture the first time really helped me. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God's dealt to each one a measure of faith. Each of us has been given a measure of faith. Each and every one of us. No matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, we've all been given a measure of faith. And the beauty of it is, is my faith is not based on Tamara's faith. It's not based on John's faith. It's not based on Miss Joy's faith. It's based on my faith. And so don't ever think you don't have what it takes to walk this out because you do. Because God's given you everything that you need in that area. And faith, faith, it's a matter of the heart. 
Romans 10.10 says, for with the heart a person believes. Or let me say it this way. With the heart a person has faith, resulting in his justification, that is being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin and acceptable to God, and with the mouth he acknowledges and confesses, resulting in salvation. It's a heart thing. And so we've got to learn to protect our heart from all of those things that would distract us, that would steal from us, temptation, fear, doubt, unbelief, anything that doesn't line up with God's word, we've got to protect our heart. We have to. Why? Because what I found out is, is if we don't protect our heart, then that measure of faith will not produce the results that we're expected. You know there's a scripture in the Bible, I believe it's in Luke, where Jesus prayed for Peter, and he said, I pray that your faith not fail. Jesus prayed that for Peter. And so some of us are believing God for some things, and I'm like, Lord, how can my faith fail? Well, we've got to watch out because I believe that doubt and unbelief and fear and all that stuff can crowd out what God wants to do in our life. And so we have to be careful. You know, as I got to thinking about this, um, I got to thinking about when we moved into our home five years ago and, um, you know, we negotiated the deal on the property and we were so excited. And, you know, you go see the model home and you walk through it and everything. And then it's a process, right? You sign the paperwork and you have a closing date. And so from the day we agreed to get the house to the day we got the keys from closing, it was probably like a 30-day period. And I don't know what happened, but the lush green lawn we saw the day we decided to buy the house, it was, it was, everything was dead. And it was like, what happened? And I remember we had a hard time with, with the builder, and so we ended up having to take responsibility for it. And... Um, Truth be told, I was Mr. Negative. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, there's no way. There's, you know, it's going to be a lot of money. Oh, I'm just, just Eeyore, you know. And my wife was like, no, we're going to bring this thing back. And so she hired a company. And that company, I'm thinking, oh, they're just going to throw some fertilizer down. No. The guy, and this guy was all the technical terms. He's like, no, we, gotta, we have to remove all the things that don't belong there so that the soil is good. So then it could begin to produce and grow into what it could be. And I'm like, okay, from your mouth to God's ears. And he started removing all these things. He removed crabgrass. He removed the weeds. He removed the pests that were in there. And then all of a sudden, that lawn, that was brown. I mean, everything was brown. All of a sudden, you saw life here and life there and life there. And now it's getting thick. And now it's full. And we look up, and about nine months later, we have this lush green lawn. Why? Because we allowed this expert over here to help us treat what was below the surface, to take the bad things out and put the right things in, and we haven't had an issue. That's the same thing that we have to do. Fear and anxiety and, and, and statistics and family history and all this stuff is going on on the inside of us. But we've got to allow the word of God 
a place in there. And so we've got to uproot and get all that bad stuff out, all that rotten stuff out. And if we'll do that, we'll begin to see some good things. You know, God compares our hearts to a garden. In Jeremiah 4.23, he says, This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among the thorns. You see, here's the thing. You come to healing class, you, you, you spend time in your devotional time, you come to church, and you hear the word of God, but we need to make sure that our hearts are good ground. We've got to get rid of all the fear, all the doubt, all the anxiety, and we've got to become fully persuaded so that when the word of God comes forth, we can receive it and it can produce in our lives. I've seen firsthand how crabgrass can choke out good grass, how weeds can spread or how disease in your lawn can spread. It's the same way in our hearts. And so we have to make sure that our, the soil of our hearts are in good condition to receive the word that God has for us. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. What does it mean when it says above all else? Above everything. What's that? Right. For me, I just see that word important. It's like flashing in my head. This is important. Like this is, this is a big deal here. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because out of it, everything else is going to flow. Your ability to be healed is going to originate from here. Your ability to see the results that God promises is going to start from here. And so we have to guard it. What does that look like? You're going to have to stop looking up stuff on the Mayo Clinic and Google, and you're going to have to stop talking to those people who know all the statistics or know how everybody in your family has died. You're going to have to change your input and make sure the only input that you're receiving is from the Word of God. Why? Because we've got to guard our hearts. I believe... The healing miracles of God are for all of us in this room. But we have to make sure that the soil of our heart is in a good place. Matthew 13, we're going to look at the parable of the sower here. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell on thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he goes on to explain the parable. He says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. This is, is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he, he who received 
seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word out and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60, and some 30. So we all know that the seed is the word of God, but the condition of our heart determines what's produced. And so we want to make sure that our ground is good. We don't want a stony heart. We don't want thorn. We, we want to make sure the soil is good, that we're able to receive. How does that work? Well, we've got to remove those things. We've got to remove anything that's not true. Uh, Proverbs 30 and 8 says, remove falsehood and lies far from me. We've got to remove all those things that don't line up with God and his word. Anywhere in the Bible, does the Bible say that there's no cure? Or does he say that there's all things are possible with God? Does God anywhere in the Bible say that there's some sicknesses that you can live as long as the, the disease is manageable? No. It says Jesus went about healing all who were sick. Does God say that when you get a diagnosis and the doctor tells you there's nothing else to do, God says that there's nothing else to do? No. Does God say that you'll always be in pain? No. We have to remove and replace all that stuff and replace it with the truth. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we have to replace all of those things with what the word of God says. Listen to this. The word of God says this. In Jeremiah 21, 45, the word of God tells us that God's word will not fail. In Philippians 2.13, the word of God tells us God's will is healing and it's working in you. It's God's word. In Deuteronomy 7.15, it says God takes all sickness away from you. All sickness. Is there anything left out of that category? No, all sickness is taken away. In Psalm 107.20, he said God's word is healing. Every time you open the Bible, every time you open the Scripture, the healing power of God is present there with you. That's why I love that, that, that parable about those young men who wanted to get to Jesus and tore up the roof and went down, and it says the power of God was, was present to heal. Every time you get into the presence of God, the power of God to heal is present. In Psalm 118.17, it says God wants you to live. Sometimes we have to know that God wants us to live. Psalm 91.16 says, you will live a long life. Isaiah 53.5 says, Jesus bore your sins and your sicknesses. You know, that was so freeing to me when I first heard that. He bore them for me. You have a picture of that? He bore your sickness for you. I've told this story and I've laughed at myself and I sounded ridiculous, but I remember the first time we went to that nice hotel as a young couple. And again, I grew up, we, we didn't go to nice hotels. We went to the, you know, different kind of hotels where the doors were on the outside, you know. But we went to this nice hotel and uh, we got, and this kid runs up and he starts grabbing my bag and I kind of pushed him back like, what, man, get back. What do you need? 
what are you doing? And I looked at my wife. She said, Derek, that's his job. He's here to carry our bags. I said, oh, really? And I just kind of threw them all on him and said, okay. Because my wife had tons of bags, and he carried them up for us. You know, I didn't have to carry myself, and my progress was a lot smoother because we had, like, tons of bags. But he, that, that's what his job was, to carry our bags. So the fact that he was carrying them, I didn't have to. In the same way, guys, the Scripture says he bore our sickness. So if he bore them, why am I carrying them? We're not called to carry sickness and disease in our body. And the last scripture I have here uh, where we can replace the lie with the truth, Jeremiah 30, 17 says, God will restore your health. Do you realize we, can, we serve a God who can restore your health? He will restore your health. So we have to fill up our heart with the good things. We have to replenish the soil of our heart with the right nutrients. And then we'll start seeing it produce the right things in our life. Um, I think sometimes we get off because we think we have to make healing happen in our lives, and that's not the case. We can't, it's not an external thing. We can't make our bodies be healed. It's not how it works. He's the healer. We receive it. I love this passage in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8. It says, um, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own word according to his labor. I love this because one of the things that happened in my life was uh, when it talked about healing, it says, I, I, I planted. You know, and I was in the scriptures, and I was reading the scriptures, and I saw where Jesus was a healer and everything, and so I was learning that. And then I came to healing class, and I began to be fed the same things that I'm telling you, hearing the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the testimonies of God. What was happening? The word was planted in me, and now I was being watered. And then over time, healing began to manifest itself in the different areas of my life. I've had mental and emotional healing. I've had physical healings. Why? Because the God works. God's word works. God's faithful. And I think what happens sometimes is we get this in our mindset that if, that if I can get to Miss Joy, I'll receive my healing. Or if I can get to Miss Janet, I'll receive my healing. Or if Pastor Allen just prays for me, I'll receive my healing. And, and they're all faithful people of God. But healing comes from the Lord. If you'll simply get into the Word, get the Word in you, if you'll simply be committed to being in an atmosphere where the Word of God is being taught and reinforced and constantly have the soil of your heart watered and reinforced and encouraged, God will bring the increase. You'll see healing come no matter what it is you're dealing with. Why? Because healing belongs to us, guys. Healing belongs to us. 
Emmy, if something belongs to you and I take it, belongs to you, but I take it and say it's mine, you're going to just let me keep it? No. You're going to take it back. Marianne, you gonna, you going to let me keep it or are you going to take it back? Why? It's yours. That's right. Oh, I'm the enemy now? I love it, though, because we understand what belongs to us. That's how we have to be when it comes to our bodies. When health and healing is taken from us and sickness invades our body, no. Lord, you promise healing. You promise wholeness. You promise long life. Take it back. And we do that by faith. Last scripture here. Third John. Three John 2. Uh, this is not in your notes. It says, Beloved, I, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. I, I want to challenge all of us in here to kind of do an audit. What are you pouring into the soul of your heart? Do an audit. Is it 70% Netflix, 20% church, 10% games on my phone? Where are you at? Because the reality of it is, is our soul needs the word of God. And if we're going to see healing produced in our bodies and our lives, we need more of the good things than the bad things. And here's what I believe. I believe that just like those stories we read where they took action, when they heard about Jesus and then they stepped out in faith, just like they received their healing, I believe you and I are going to receive the same things. Does that make sense, guys? All right, so now I have a question. I, I did this the last time. I have a question. Why is it so hard for us to stay in the Word of God, filling up on scriptures of faith? Okay, we lose focus. Distractions. Okay. What's that? Life. Okay. Lack of commitment. So I don't want to end it there. What can we do? I'm all about application. What can we do? to eliminate the distractions, to reduce um, the impact of life, to increase the commitment? What, what, what actionable steps can we take to help ourselves move forward? Change our priority, spend time in the Word. Anything else? Have set times. Right? That's good. Set aside time. There's no compromise. This is your time, Lord. This is the time where you and I are going to meet and make it a priority. I, th I think, why am I harping on this? Why is this important? Because I believe life change happens in the application. I believe that if you don't change, if I don't change what we're doing today, we're going to be in the same place next year, same place next week same place tomorrow.
We have to make changes, make adjustments. When I first started coming to healing class, I knew my entire family history. I can tell you who died, when, and what of. It was at the forefront of my mind because I didn't want it to happen to me. Distracted, exactly. But I made adjustments. I stopped focusing on that. I throw out and I'm, I make light of the fact about looking up the Mayo Clinic and Googling stuff. I was the poster boy for that. <laughs> I looked up everything. Oh, what is that? And I would look it up. I stopped doing that. What did I do? I'm making adjustments. And when things come against me, my response is to go to the word. When I see something pop up in the soul of my heart, I deal with it immediately. I get a diagnosis and fear rises. Oh, no. Lord, what does your word say? And I go to the scriptures. Does that make sense, guys? And so we, we, we want to guard our hearts. We want to prepare our hearts. But then we also want to make the adjustments necessary so that when tribulations come, when challenges come, when we get a diagnosis, we can walk it out and receive the healing that God has for us. Does that make sense? All right. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room tonight. Lord, I thank you that your hand is upon us. And Father, I thank you that you're not the God who did heal, that you are the God who does heal. And we thank you, Lord God, that your healing mercies, Lord God, are flowing in all of us right now in the name of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you're able to correct anything and everything, Lord God, that is present in our current situations. And Lord, we thank you that healing is at work in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.